0: Welcome to Darren Daily On Demand, your most trusted resource to help you become better every day. Here's your success mentor, Darren Hardy. So, my wife George and I spent a week at a resort in Arizona called Miraval with our friends Adam and Kelly Contos. There we took a very interesting wine tasting class from a very entertaining Salmonier named Noel, who was also their resident beekeeper. So as Noel moved to the next glass of our tasting, he mentioned how this one was made by the cosmos, a process called biodynamic farming, which is a spiritual, ethical, ecological approach to agriculture, he said, also known as extreme organics. The method of biodynamics was developed by an Australian philosopher, Dr. Rudolf Steiner, in the early 20th century. Steiner believed that to attain an organic crop, one must Pay attention to the cosmos and have the earth and the vineyard be a self-contained ecosystem. A biodynamic vineyard would also include livestock, such as cows for manure, horses to pull a plow through the vineyard, also for manure, goats and pigs for weed control, and also manure, and chickens for bug control, and I guess breakfast burritos. This living community of plants, soil, and animals is meant to nurture the land, restore its health, and celebrate the interconnectedness amongst humans, earth, and the cosmos. So the wackiest procedure, which to its critics actually defies actual biodynamics as well as actual logic, is to stuff old cow horns with manure and six different and very specific kinds of plants. This is known as biodynamic preparation number 500. The cow crap filled horns are then buried throughout the vineyard on the autumn equinox. Then they're dug up six months later when the sun again crosses the equator. The Aussie philosopher Steiner said that the horns would reach up to the sky and are receptors to the energy of the sun and light and bring it into the soil. Apparently, exactly when you unbury this preparation is very important planetary-wise. You want Mercury, which is a heat planet, to be in a certain orientation with with the moon. And after they dig up the horns, they remove their magic poo and place it in lukewarm water, where then it has to be vigorously stirred toward the region of your heart, of course, clockwise, and then counterclockwise for an hour. You will then have what's called a homopathic tea. And that tea then is sprayed on the vines on a schedule tied to the phases of the moon and position of the planets. Per the instructions, quote, you spray the tea in the springtime and in the fall. You use the spray two to three times in the same amount in the springtime when the soil is about to wake up or go to sleep, end quote. Equal parts agriculture, philosophy, and mysticism, biodynamics barely stops short of requiring the winemaker to dance naked among the vines at midnight under a full moon. Then Noel asked us the big question, do you think biodynamic farming produces better wines? I answered quickly, yes. He then asked, why do you think that is? Do you believe it is cosmically inspired? No, I answered. It's better because one, it has a better story and the story creates perception and perception prepares expectation and people will taste what they expect. They buy and taste the story, not the wine, which after all is just grape juice. But more importantly, number two, if a winemaker is willing to go through all those extraordinary steps as wacky and as nonsensical as they are, it means that they care that they are passionately engaged in their winemaking. They are deeply committed to excellence. That's why. It's not the cosmic process. It's what being willing to go through the cosmic process says about all the other intangibles that make up the winemaking process. And that is the great lesson for all of you here today. Does it matter that your shirt is ironed? Does it matter that you pick up the piece of trash in the parking lot on the way into the office? Does it matter that you look squarely in somebody's eyes when you shake their hand or fist bump them these days? Does it matter that you turn off your phone in a meeting? Does it matter that you align the bills in your wallet? Does it matter that you clean the inside of your car? Does it matter that you say please and thank you? Does it matter that you are on time? Here's how Jim Rohn would put it. How you do one thing, tells me how you do everything. How you treat the hostess and the waiter tells me how you treat your team. How you treat the money in your wallet tells me how you will treat my PL. How you keep the inside of your car tells me about the attention to detail that you will put into our projects. How you talk about your family tells me how you will talk about and treat my clients. Whether you know it or not, are conscious of it or not, You are assessing every behavior as a calculus to whether you can trust somebody, trust their word, and trust their work. Everything is informing you about everything else. So be committed to excellence always. Everything matters. Ask yourself, where in your life might one behavior be falsely indicating how you operate in another? Where do you need to shore up a behavior to be sure that only excellence is what's being communicated?